Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Hearsetter. And I'm Ted Zaleski. And Ted Zaleski is uh, on the hot seat today. <laughs> this is a different episode. We always say this is going to be a different episode. So is this one, because we're interviewing Ted Zaleski, which is a big deal because Ted Zaleski is usually on the other side of this. For those of you who don't know the show and don't know Ted's background, he has been doing author interviews for the Carroll County Public Library for quite some time. During that time, he's interviewed, okay, how many? That's the first question. This one's an easy one. I, I think, Okay. I was actually looking just the other day, I have a shelf where I have all the books for my interviews. It's full now. Okay. The IDO bookshelf that's full of books from interviews. So 30 interviews, one of which, does that include Patty Callahan? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we have interviewed an author together for the show, uh, Patty Callahan, on her book, Once Upon a Wardrobe. And uh, if you haven't watched that show, certainly would suggest it. It's a good one. And during the interview with her, uh, to give you a little background on Patty, Patty does her own podcast. So she's used to asking questions of her own. And she sort of flipped the script on us and asked us a question. And it stumped you. I think it was, what's your favorite book? And you weren't able to quickly answer the question. And it got me thinking, and that's why we're doing this episode today, because I thought about it after the fact and realized that you're comfortable being on the other side, being the one to ask the questions. And um, I'm sure readers or listeners are curious about Ted and Lori and the show that we do and a little bit more about us. So today, Ted agreed to let me interview him. So this morning, we were actually working on interview questions uh, for an interview that's coming up with uh, the well-known John Waters, and we got to a good point and decided we've got time to put an episode out today. What should it be? And to my surprise, Ted said, how about we do that you interview me episode? Unscripted, unplanned. And I agreed with excitement at the idea, but knew that I couldn't go into it without a little bit of planning, because I'm a planner. So three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I knew you were going to rewrite that story. I literally said, give me 30 minutes. We were at Panera, and I said, get out. <laughs> Told him to go to the library and let me have 30 minutes to sit there at Panera and come up with a few questions for him. So I have a few questions for Ted. He has not seen the list of questions, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit him with a couple, and you guys get to know a little bit more about Ted, um, as I do, for the show. So, are you ready? Ready. Okay. So the very first question is: I said, get out, and sent you to the library, <laughs> and said, I suggest you look at some books because that might be one of the questions. So I'm gonna start with that one to ease you into it. Okay. So you got here 30 minutes before me. And you stumbled through the Westminster branch. And did you get any books? I got two books. And they're sitting on the table behind <laughs> me. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> See how unscripted this is? We're not even prepared. Lori, kill time while Ted gets back to the table with his books. <laughs> Actually, I wandered around. 
and I took notes, not knowing if you wanted to know how I, how I wandered. And of course, I walk around, literally dozens of books catch my eyes for one reason or another. That looks interesting. I know that author. I read that book. I did an interview on that, that, that book. So it's, my notes aren't everything that caught my eye, but the ones that I stayed on a little bit longer. And two that I got, and right now I have absolutely no need to get a, be getting any books out of the library. I've got so much lined up to do. The one is called The Storyteller's Workbook, oh. an inspirational interactive guide to the craft of novel writing. Uh, not that I haven't read books about writing before, but it just it caught my eye, looked interesting. It has a, a workbook sort of feel to it. Okay, I stop you there. I'm going to be borrowing this one for sure. This is a very good example of where you need the library, but you also need bookstores. Because I'm looking at this, it is absolutely a workbook. And you can't write in a library book. So if you find that this is a book that you really enjoy, that's when you have to go to a local bookstore and purchase so that you can actually do the work. Now, you could make a file in your computer and you can, you know, jot down some notes on a piece of paper. But if you want to use this workbook the way it's intended, it's just that's a little plug for both libraries and bookstores because they both um, are needed in this case. Oh, it's even got stickers in the back. Fun. Okay. I like it. So Good choice. You're not supposed to write in library books? Uh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> we wouldn't recommend it. The library might pull the plug on this show. <laughs> Next. And the you other got book, book I got was called The Map of Knowledge, A Thousand-Year History of How Classical Ideas Were Lost and, and Found. Um, I, I wavered on getting it. Like I said, I don't need anything to read right now. But um, I'm big on maps, I'm big on ideas, I'm big on history, it just seemed to be something calling out, Ted, you need to read me. Yeah, you got to trust that gut. If some, if the book is calling your name, get it, because you just don't know there's something in there for you. And then what I noticed, as you said, the map of knowledge, it made me think of a couple of things that have happened lately for us that are related to maps. Uh, we interviewed Ira Marks for the Battle of the Books kickoff event, and maps were a fixture in, um, in the book, in the graphic novel. Uh, we both noticed it. You did some research. There was a $1,500 map, um, and it, maps is something that you've always had an interest in. So just kind of cool to see all that come together in a book you picked up today. Yep. Uh, without thinking it all out, mm -hmm. that all was in my mind, I'm sure. Connections. Yep. Okay, so we're definitely going to talk more about your reading today. But first, I want to go back to a moment about um, interviewing. So you already said you probably interviewed about 30 authors. Over how many years do you know when you started? Where was your first author interview, roughly? I, I don't know how long it's been. A, hand, a handful of years, maybe, maybe six or seven, I'm not sure. Uh, I definitely remember my first interview. Uh, it was with Daniel Silva. Uh, I was attending an author event at the Arts Center in Westminster and had never done an interview at that point. And I was walking out with the then director of the library, um, uh, Lynn Wheeler, and just kind of spur of the moment, I said, hey, Lynn, if there was ever a chance for me to do one of these, you know, I'd, I'd like to do that. And I, I've told this story on more than one occasion, but what I usually say is it's not literally true, but it almost feels this way. You know, three days later, I'm sitting on the stage 
with 250 people in the audience interviewing a guy who has perennial bestsellers. <laughs> and it went well, and things just kept happening from there. It reminds me that we have not interviewed Lynn Wheeler yet, which just blows my mind. When we started the show in October, I would have assumed she would have been like one of the first two people that we talked to. And we've talked to many, and we have not interviewed Lynn yet. We talk to her, we see her, she's at a lot of events that we go to. Um, I get to hug her, not as often as I'd like, but occasionally I get to do that. But we still haven't got her in here to interview her. That's going to have to happen. Can we say that that will happen before our first anniversary of the show? Can we do that? Seems reasonable, but like you said, we thought we'd be interviewing her in the first two weeks. Right? And she's so busy. So that's the other part. One is what we've got going on and is the other is how busy she is. But maybe we can make that a goal is to try to do it before October. And us figuring out what to get into the episodes is turned into a, a bigger struggle than I could have ever imagined. And not a struggle. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to be where we are and trying to figure out what comes next because we've got so many options. A wonderful struggle. A wonderful struggle, yes. So um, back to how many, over how many years. And then I've been with you prepping for three. Patty Callahan. Ira Marks, and now we're working on the next one up, which is just a week a week away, week and a half away, with John Waters. So I'm curious. I know what we did with the first two together, and now working on the third. How does your amount of preparation for John Waters compare to some of the others that you've done over the years? Is it the most that you've spent the time invested? Uh, might not be the most, but definitely will be the most relative to the amount of time we're going to have for the interview. Because I, it's only a 30-minute. Right. Yeah, and normally they're at least an hour? They're normally scheduled for an hour, and I often squeeze out a bit more than, than an hour. Yeah. So before we interview him, I will have read six of his books. I will have looked at some other things that other people have written it doesn't work out the same for every writer I do, but there are, for every one of them, I read the book fully three times and then other reading, you know, bouncing around, looking at things, thinking about questions. But I often read other things that the author has written. It's like Patty Callahan, mm -hmm. you, know, you mentioned Beyond the Wardrobe. I read her book three times plus, but I read at least three other books books of hers. I think it was three. Mm. And, um, Karen Slaughter once. That was an early interview. And I read another book kind of in the line that uh, the one I was interviewing her on, but mm -hmm. she had another series. I read a couple of, of those. So I, I, when it when it works out, I like to have a little bit broader experience with the author than just the book I'm interviewing. I often find it gives me a better sense of you know, who, I don't want to say who they are, that sounds kind of trite, but, you know, um, just a, a sense of their writing and what, they, what they've what they done. Sure. It's their entire portfolio, or at least more of their portfolio than just one piece of, of work. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so another question for you is, uh, we made a goal for the show to read 23 books together in 2023. 
Uh, I'm definitely behind on updating the website with our progress. Uh, we've both read books together and independently. Um, and so this might be a good time to tell the audience um, where you stand with your reading, um, since I'm delinquent on getting the website up to date. So do you know roughly how many books have you read so far in 2023? Um, probably around 23. Already. Okay. And we're at April 7th. So you're definitely in good shape. Now, I know your goal is to read 23 of the same books. Um, I have read at least a dozen. And I think how many of those do we have in common? I bet it's half, maybe more than half. Um, I'm not sure. We haven't really talked we about haven't it We haven't calculated that, um, but I, I think we are, we're well on our way, there's no doubt. But we really haven't spent a lot of time yet talking about the books that we've been reading. So since this is a chance to get to know Ted a little better, um, let's kind of combine the two, giving them a quick update on what we're reading and some of those applying to the show and some just because. So give me a, you know, a quick breakdown of not just how many of the books that you've read are for the show versus others that are separate from the show. Do you have a rough idea? Well, I would have read Ira March's book three times. Mm -hmm. So I've read six books for John Waters. Seven. Mm -hmm. Oh, you read both of Ira Marx's books, right? So uh, that's actually, right. now we're up to eight. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that would probably be it for the show. For so maybe, the show, specifically. Maybe a third of them. A third of your books have been for the show and the rest are for you. Okay. What about percentage of nonfiction versus fiction? You have a sense of that? Maybe give us a couple titles and I'll put those in the show notes for people who might want to check it out. Okay, yeah, I'll have to think about titles. And, and I'm much like somebody, um, I've interviewed Nancy Pearl, sometimes called America's Librarian. She says people ask her, what are you reading? And she never remembers. And she, she literally does this. She writes down the name of three books on her hand so that when she asks People ask her that question, and here's, oh, I'm reading this, this, and this. And uh, I'm, the, I'm the same way. People ask, what are you reading? What have you read? And I, I often struggle to, to remember, but um, I'll, I'll see what I can do. But what was the question? Well, I was, I was asking what percentage were oh, nonfiction right, fiction. and which percentage yes. were fiction. Yes. Um, this changes from time to time, but over a long stretch I would guess maybe three quarters fiction, one quarter nonfiction. Uh, but sometimes I'll get on a run in mm. nonfiction. Uh, you know, some piece of history will lead me through a series of books or something in science will lead me through a, a, a series of, of books and change the percentages in a shorter period of time. So it's hard to predict because something might grab your eye the next time you walk through the library. But once we finish preparing for the interview with John Waters, then you can pick up the next book. Do you have already in mind what you would like to read next when we switch gears and, and that interview is done? Uh, I don't think I specifically have anything in my mind. Other than I do have a few books that have been presents given to me that mm -hmm. I you want to get to. And I have a few books that have been started and put aside as I take on other things. And I'm also pretty big on 
if there's an author I like, reading the next book when it comes out. Okay. So I can't necessarily predict that that's coming, but if I see the book, I'll probably read it. Give us an author that you are waiting for the next book on. Actually, there's one I, I just happened to check the other day and found out he has a, a new book out, a guy, guy named Garth Nix. It's um, <clears throat> fantasy. He has one series of books called the Abhorson books, which are really, really good. I've read more, more than once. Uh, yes, and actually this is connected to that. So it's a new book connected to those three or four other books. So this is going to be another item for the show notes. We'll definitely have to listen to this back and create it. And it, it strikes me that I remember when I started talking about show notes, you gave me a look like, what's that mean? And there are people who are listening to the show who are podcast people. So they know what a show note is, but some of you might not, you know, if you just stumbled upon this and you're new to watching or listening to podcasts, you may not understand. So let me just mention that briefly. Um, when you listen to us on Spotify, Google, or Apple, you at the bottom of each episode, there's like, keep scrolling down. There's the title of the episode, there's a summary, and then there's the show notes. And those are additional items that came up in the show that if you're listening to it in your car as you're driving or while you're at the gym working out, you don't have the opportunity to write down something that you might want to look back to later. So we're getting a lot of good nuggets from Ted today on things he's reading. And if it's anything that you want to check out, we will put that in the show notes. Listen to it on one of those podcast platforms instead of on our website, if that's how you're listening. Um, go to Spotify, go to Google, go to Apple. And uh, if you go down to the bottom of the show, you'll see the show notes. And it often has a link, so we'll take you directly to the source if it's something that we want to send you to to go find it. Yeah, and my one-time ignorance of show notes is actually a, a good reveal into some of me. Um, I'm not technologically intuitive. Uh, I'm not totally helpless. There are lots of things I can do, but I tend to learn how to do something and I don't easily learn how to do other things. It's only now, 20 episodes in, that I come into the studio and can get everything set up and tested and, and ready ready to go. There was a good bit of time went by where uh, it was Lori had to do that. Uh, yeah, we both have our strengths and we both have things that we are challenged with. Um, I think that's what makes us two sides. Um, we are very different in some ways, and, and we balance each other out on, on those things. So, yeah, you've come a long way, for sure, on, on those pieces. So, uh, next question for you. Reading is clearly a passion for you. Every, everyone knows it who's paying attention to the show. But I think it might be interesting for our readers to know what else. So, if you think of it in terms of when I'm not reading, I like to Fill in the blank for us. Give us something else that is important to you, like reading. Okay. There are other things, and some have changed over time. For a lot of years, I played a lot of basketball. Mm. I don't anymore. Got to the point where I weighed the bent, not the benefit, the, the pleasure I got from actually feeling like I was playing basketball anymore against the recovery time from injuries and said, this just doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, did a lot of running for years, 
that has fallen off recently. Basketball is not coming back. Running, I, I hope, is. Uh, I like listening to music. I listen to a lot of different stuff. My, my listening is much like my reading. I, I go a lot of different places. Uh, I do some digital listening, but I do still mostly play CDs and even bring out my uh, vinyl records. I still have a couple hundred of those. That's a great list. Keep going if you want to. I just, um, I'm impressed at how quickly you were able to rattle off all the other things. Can I make a comment on one? Yeah. So a lot of times when I post one of our interviews, um, I'll do a, a post on social media, Instagram with some pictures that go along with the episode. Podcast is great. You can listen, but you don't get the visual. So I'll put a couple of pictures that go along with things that we've talked about. So the visual for me, when you said basketball, was actually of uh, Towson did something when your when your father passed away, and on the seat there was a a little like uh, you know like the reserved parking. It was reserved seating for Ted Zaleski. So I think I still have that image. You shared it with me after um, that event that they did to honor him, and um, immediately that came to mind is just the the sports reference and how important that was in in his life and yours. Um, okay, next question. So I wonder if. All right, which one is next? See, this is what happens. We have an unscripted show. <laughs> You're not quite as organized. Did I ask you about the reading I did? Next one. Okay. This actually ties into what I was just saying. Um, we do what's called good book hunting for anybody who is paying attention to the show. And I've learned that good book hunting runs in your family. So we've talked about a house of books. And that relates to your parents. But then go down the family tree. You're a big reader and we do good book hunting. And your daughter is now becoming a good book hunter. Maybe she already was, but I'm learning that she is because of the show. You have shared a little bit of that with me. So can you tell us about your daughter's good book hunting? Well, uh, she and her husband do a, a lot of traveling. I often suddenly find out they're in Vermont or Tennessee or some someplace. Good for them. Um, but recently, she's been sending us back pictures of her and her husband at bookstores in different places. And, um, and actually, this is this is not new because it's come up before. Uh, she it's kind of like. Lori often ends up in conversations with the owners of the, the, the bookstores. Mm. Remember, she came back from New Mexico once and had a book for me. And she had asked the owner something like, um, if I'm going to take back one book from from here, what what should it be? And actually, recently, she was in New Orleans and had a similar thing. She, I, This is one of the books I haven't gotten to, to yet. Mm. But it's a story that's it, uh, a novel set in New Orleans that the um, the bookstore owner recommended. We're hoping that uh, she's actually going to continue sending us these pictures and things that she's finding out about bookstores. And on our list of episodes to do is actually to uh, have, have an interview with her. Yeah, I've never met Monica, but I've seen the pictures that you shared of her and her husband on these adventures of theirs, um, envious of, of what they're getting to do and 
good for them that they're able to, to go. We're good book hunting locally, and they're sort of the uh, correspondents um, at large that are going further than we are, and it's really cool to see that come back. So um, I have more questions for you, but I'm going to take a quick pause to mention a little bit more about that because it's an idea that I, I had is um, we're coming up on the summer season and you've got um, people planning vacations. And so what I'm wondering for the show is if this is a, a rare opportunity for us to engage you listeners in, in a different way. I think we've already said once or twice, you know, send us a picture of and send us an email. And we certainly want you to still do that. But this is with a particular focus is of good book hunting. So just like your daughter, Monica, is getting ready to uh, take a summer vacation and it's going to put her in places with bookstores that you and I are not going to see. I wonder who else is planning um, a trip like that that would be interested in sharing with us their adventures. And Ted said a few minutes ago about not being the best on technology. Well, I'm just learning the ropes on some of the social media stuff. But um, I know enough to say that there's something called a hashtag and that you can put a hashtag on a post on Instagram. And not only can you search for two sides to the story, but you could search for a hashtag and see how many posts are connected to that particular hashtag. So I'm thinking we do something like that. If there's interest from the audience in participating with us on good book hunting, we need to, that's already out there, plenty of hashtags that say good book hunting. So we need one that's going to be specific to our show. But if they posted a photo on Instagram with a hashtag that is one we talk about and agree to, then we would know every time that they did a post that was related to a good book hunting trip. I think that could be some fun. So let us think about that a little bit more. Uh, what would we call it? How do we promote it? Let everybody know it's out there. And then if you are on one of these summer adventures and would like to send us some photos from your good book hunting trips, that would be a really cool way for us to share that with you. Then you have back on maps again. I have this picture forming in my mind now, a map of the United States Ooh. with little pins in it from every place we've gotten a picture or a post. I like it. That's a great idea. So far, we've got some outward pins that are all Monica so far. And then a girlfriend of mine sent me um, a picture from St. Michael's, which that's within traveling distance. We could do that one. But so we've got a couple other photos starting to come in. Didn't you have a friend send you one? Where was yeah, that from? Rockville. Rockville. Okay. So as far as we could go on the map would be really cool. So let's, let's see what we can do about that to be continued. Okay. Back to the Ted interview. <laughs> okay. So another question that I wanted to ask you, and this relates to something we've talked about very little so far is that we're not just readers, but we're also aspiring writers. So you've heard us talk very briefly about a book that we have been working on. We started working on this book together long before the podcast began. So can you tell us a little bit about, there's a book we read together, I'm getting a little off track again, um, called Etta, Otto, James, and somebody. <laughs> there's a fourth character. So what I was going to do is tie that book that we read together before the podcast started to the book that we are writing 
that doesn't have a title, but it's Claire, Milo, Maggie, and Brody. There are four characters. There are many more than that. But can you give us a little bit about Claire, Milo, Maggie, and Brody and the book that hasn't happened just yet? Yes. Um, A lot has happened. (laughs) There's a lot for this book, but it hasn't come together. And right now, not right now, for a long time now, it's been put to the side as this podcast has been, been going on. But the intent is still to get back to it. And it's often on my mind. Uh, it, it began with a potential opening line. Now, it might not get it exactly right, but a scrawny teen girl stands outside a bookstore thinking about how to break in. That was our starting point. And I think that still could end up being the the opening line. The idea is that this girl has some powers that she's not aware of, learns about as things are happening to us, to her. There are things happening in the world that put her in a position to be the one who has to do something about it. There are other people in her life who have powers, others that don't, but have some role in her life. We don't know how it ends yet. We have kind of some feel for how it ends, but we don't have exactly how this plays out. And the podcast has gotten in the way in a big way, but we had another struggle uh, just different styles yes. for, for me and, and Laurie. Uh, Laurie would have a color-coded outline <laughs> of the book, and our writing would be, okay, how do you make this all come to life? I'm not against that, but I am also don't feel compelled to, to have that. And there's a writer who has a quote that comes up often i always i can never remember who it is but it's something like uh, writing a book can be like driving in the fog with with your headlights on you know the idea being you just need to see far enough ahead to be able to go a little bit further and eventually you'll you'll get there and there are successful writers who take both paths to this people who would tell you yes i know exactly what the story is uh, Nancy Pearl once quoted uh, Nabokov, I think is how you say his name. Uh, it was about characters and characters doing things that you didn't expect. And she asked, or, or he said to somebody once, that never happens. My characters always do exactly what I tell them to do. <laughs> um, or more the other way. Yeah. There's stuff I've written uh, uh, along the way here where I I don't know where that came from. I didn't see it coming, but well, that's kind of interesting. It came to you. And it reminds me of our conversation with uh, Patty Callahan, actually, about, you know, how books come together and where ideas come from. And, and sometimes you don't feel like you're the one in charge that something else is happening when, when the book is getting written and the characters take on a life of their own. 
Um, sort of a, a related question, I think, is to help you understand about the, the characters in, in the book is, you know, every one of them has a, has a personality and our running joke uh, between Ted and I. Um, well, let me back up. A common question is, are, are Ted and I a couple? And we're not. We're friends. We're coworkers. We've got obviously this podcast going. We're trying to write together. But in some ways, we have a daughter together, <laughs> and her name is Claire, because Claire is the girl that was standing outside of the bookstore thinking about how to break in. And we have sort of given her a life of her own and that we have conversations about her often. And we also talk about you, talk about Claire, that she's standing there tapping her foot at you. Yeah, arms crossed. <laughs> because we're not working on the book. We're working on all these other things. So there's a lot more to come about this book. Uh, I don't know when we'll get there, but we will get there. And we've even talked about this show being not just about reading, but also about writing. We have all sorts of ideas about where that could go. There's just simply not enough hours in the day. But stay tuned for more about the adventures of, of Claire and the other characters. And for the show notes, we will correct it. But Ted looked it up while I was talking that the book that we read before the podcast started that had four characters was Etta Otto, Russell, and James. It's a good book. We would definitely recommend that one. All right, Ted, I got one more question for you. Did you have something to say first? Go ahead. Yeah, just way things t tie together. We were talking about music yes. earlier. There's yeah. somebody that Lori and I both like to listen to, Etta James. Yes, and Etta and James are in yeah. that book. Yeah. And we don't know if there's anything to it, but we did. Wonder. Yeah, wonder if that's anything. Well, if we ever get to interview that author, which we will put in the show notes, because that one we got to look up too, uh, maybe we'll find out whether there was a connection there. Okay, you got room for one more? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've been doing this podcast since October. And I wonder, in the time that we have been at this, if you can pick out for, for us a favorite, and I'm going to let you have the choice of either sharing with the audience your favorite episode so that we can have them, you know, maybe they go check that one out if they're just listening now for the first time and it would take them a while to get back through 20 of them. Which one is your favorite or a favorite moment from the show? You can answer both if you like, but I won't put you on the spot too heavily if you can just pick one. Nope. I can, I can do both and they're actually Easy? both from the same. Oh, okay, here. cool. So um, th there's been lo lots of fun episodes, but but my, my favorite is still our our first one. We mm. um, we did a live audience, yes, uh, for our first podcast. Note for the future: we're talking about a first anniversary uh, doing a live. Had a lot of comments from people saying. Um, you need to do more of this or wondering how many times we already done it because it looked yes. like it, we, we just did it so naturally. Uh, but I, a lot, and it was the start of everything and just the kind of, kind of way things go for us. Um, Ray and I were in exploration commons, part of the Carroll County library system. And there was a book event going on in the big meeting room here. We were walking by and Lori said, what if we do our first episode in front of an audience? Yeah, pointing to that room. 
and things happened and there there we were you know what had been talk for a long time suddenly turned into something and now has turned into so much more than i ever could have guessed but um but that doing that episode was was just really really fun i think the people there enjoyed it uh i know well i shouldn't say i know there was a tough for a long time at least it was remained one of our most watched episodes yeah different when you can see it too not just hear it and we've only had but one other opportunity for that, which was the Patty Callahan, the library did it with us. So that one is recorded and you can view it as well as just listen. Um, so yeah, we've had requests for more of that. It's a little more to pull off, but um, we can talk to the library and see if there's an opportunity for us to do something live again. Yeah. And then favorite moment was from that episode. You know, part of what we lined up was a remote interview with uh, husband and wife writing oh, yeah. team, Matt and Robbie. Um, Matthew Swanson and Robbie Bear. I interviewed them. They were actually the, the last in-person interview I did before COVID hit. Um, their interview to, to shut down. Mm. Uh, but they went on, or, well, they are on. Currently, yes, they're still out there. A year-long trip around the country in a converted school bus, they have four kids and a dog, and they're stopping in every state in the country and they're giving away 150,000 books to elementary school kids as they go around the country. But we invited them to our opening show to be uh, just a piece, they weren't the show, they were just a piece of it. But uh, I was talking to our audience saying, well, we're gonna have these people and they're gonna be coming, we're not sure exactly where, and then Lord, we're here. <laughs> And uh, they look up at the screen and they're, they're there waiting for us. Yeah, that was a very cool moment. And I mentioned before about Instagram. They are so good at Instagram. They do something called the Daily Minute. It literally is a minute each day in which they sort of video their, um, their day. And they have so many cool things happening as they're taking this road trip across the country with their family and the people that they're meeting and the stories that they're telling and the visuals of the places they've been are incredible. So we'll add that to the show notes that you want to check out Matt and Robbie's adventure um, as they are traveling the country in this book full of buses. Um, I did that last time. <laughs> there are, oh my gosh, I can't get it right. There are bus full of books. <laughs> book full of buses is an interesting idea. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, you'll want to check them out on Instagram. That It's very entertaining and so cool what they're doing. It's just very inspiring. All right. Well, speaking of buses, I know, where is she going now? Something we talked about this morning that can't happen this quickly, but in the future we would like to see happen is that we go to these book events and it is fun. And our good book hunting trips have been the two of us. Occasionally they have been the four of us when I get my son and his girlfriend to come along. And I've had a couple of friends who have said, wouldn't it be cool if we could go with you on this good book hunting trip? Uh, we're already planning one with Lisa from the library. There's a, a bookstore in Baltimore that she recommended that we want to go to with her. So that's going to happen. Um, there's a book event coming up at the end of April. Um, it's the last Saturday in April is a um, independent bookstore day. 
And so lots of places are having events that are associated with that. We've sort of run through the list of, of what's happening locally. And I think we've landed on going to the Annapolis Book Festival that day. Lots of authors to meet and they're going to do talks and all sorts of vendors and things going on in a great town of Annapolis. So I had this wild thought of wouldn't it be cool if we could take audience folks with us, show up here and we'll go. The problem with that is coordinating. It's only two weeks away. And that's the book reference. We may actually, the bus reference, we may actually need a bus <laughs> to get everybody there. Not happening this year, um, but talking about plans for the future. Maybe someday <laughs> we're going to have a bus full of people to take with us on a good book hunting trip. So if you like that idea, let us know. Uh, we'll need some help to make it happen. If any of you listening out there have a bus <laughs> that we can take um, to go on one of these trips, uh, let us know. Maybe we can figure out how to make that happen in the next couple of years. And if you're interested, send in your $1,000 deposit. These <laughs> right. are a receipt, a bottle of water, and Lori's autograph. Yeah, Lori's, Lori's ideas never come attached with the practicality of how do you actually make that happen that it takes cash to do things, whatever. <laughs> well, where, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. Well, Ted, I want to thank you for being willing uh, to do this without any um, planning, without time to think about what you might say or what Lori might ask you. With no net. With no net at all. I hope I was kind enough and didn't put you on the spot too much because I know our intention is to flip the script and the other, t maybe May, maybe in May, we'll have maybe in the hot seat. So remember how nice I was to you <laughs> when you decide to ask me the questions. Fair? Fair. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to a little bit about Ted and what makes him him and what Ted has read could easily be a regular segment of the show. Um, anything you want to share with us about your reading, we'd love to hear. So I uh, hope to be hearing from you soon and um, obviously more episodes to come. You can follow us in all the typical ways that we tell you each time. Most of all, thank you for listening and Ted, 